Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Palms podcast. I'm Joe Roscoe, one of the hosts of BFTP podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're on YouTube live, hello, how are you? If you're listening on wherever you listen to your podcasts, welcome to the pod. If you like it, please rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We would greatly appreciate it. If you haven't tried out Built for the Palms yet, if you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthepalms.com and we'll be on our way with a seven-day free trial to interact with your own online coach to help you train like the athlete that you are. All right, let's bring on founder of BFTP, co-host Jenny Smith. Hey, Jenny. This happens. Yeah. Hi, how are you doing, Jenny? I'm good. I'm good. Now I can hear you. Everything's great. What episode? This is our what number episode for us? We're on episode five now. Episode five. five. This is five. Ooh, yeah. getting up there. I know. I was on one earlier, and um, we had some unique techn technological issues as well. So yeah, that's always fun. Always <laughs> fun. Great to see you. You're in you the too. great state of uh, Florida. And uh, I so am I, but we're on the opposite sides of the coast. I'm excited to talk to our guest. She's all the way on the West Coast. So um, why don't you do the uh, honors of introing our guest? Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. I feel like I say that every week. But this is someone that I'm really excited because I've never actually <laughs> had the chance to talk to her and learn her story. And um, obviously, I'll let her share all of that. But... I'm really, yeah, I'm excited to, to hear everything. So I'll be learning everything at the same time. Y'all will be learning all of us about her. But <laughs> our guest is Shelby Brooke. Hi, Hi Shelby. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We're so excited to hear all about your story, hear your journey. And this is just a chance for everyone out there to just kind of learn about everyone's individual journey because i feel like yeah. we're all pro like in the pro tier world it's so different each team is different everyone's mm -hmm. experience is different and so i just want this to be an opportunity for people to listen to this podcast and learn like the good the bad the ugly the truth the the real right. the authentic so um so yeah i guess you want to just start by kind of telling us an overview of kind of like your story your background what like what teams you danced on and that sort mm -hmm. of thing yeah definitely so I started dancing at the age of three, I feel like as a lot of girls do. Um, my mom was actually an NFL cheerleader way back when. She cheered oh, cool. for the Baltimore Colts back when the Colts were in Baltimore. Um, so at a very young age, I knew that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up because my mom did it. So I was like, all right, this is the end goal for me. So let's figure out how to get to this spot. So I danced. Um, on a team for a while, we competed. And then up until I think high school is when I stopped. I was on my high school team. Um, I was actually on my middle school team, which was like kind of weird because I feel like a lot of middle schools don't have a dance team, but mm -hmm. I got to do a lot of cool experiences with that. We got to dance at Disney World. We got to dance on a cruise ship. We got to dance at Hershey Park, which is in Pennsylvania, for those of you who don't know where that is. Um, so I got to do a lot of cool stuff with that. And then my senior year of high school, I actually, at a competition, they chose a select handful of girls to dance at the Pro Bowl. I think it was in 2011 in Hawaii. So I got to dance at halftime with, I want to say it was the Goo Goo Dolls um, that uh, performed. So we got to dance with them at halftime. So that was really cool. 
Um, And then uh, after that, I went on and danced in college. So my college dance experience was very different than a lot of other people's college dance experience. So I went to Coastal Carolina University and it's in South Carolina. And the team that they had, I made the team and it was just my freshman year. And after my freshman year, the team got cut. The whole program got cut. So I was like, great, I came to the school to dance and now we don't have a program. So I was taking classes and I met this girl who had also danced her whole life and she didn't even know that we had a dance team previously. And I was like, that's crazy. So we thought, might as well make like a club for girls like us who wanted to continue to dance. So we did that and uh, the cheerleading coach at the school kind of caught wind of it. And she was like, hey, why don't you guys go talk to the athletic director and kind of see if he'll let you guys dance at a game. And we were like, okay. So we went and talked to him and he loved the idea. He thought it was amazing. So my sophomore year, it was basketball season. And he was like, why don't you guys dance at half times and see how the crowd likes you and kind of see how it goes. And they loved us. We danced at every single men's basketball game. And we ended up becoming an NCAA sport through the school. So myself and my friend Kate ended up being the coaches. We choreographed everything. We did all of the auditions. We came up with the uniforms. Um, We ran like game day ops. It was like we were mini directors for. Oh, my gosh. That is so fun. Wow. So fun. Honestly, that experience really set me up to succeed in NFL cheerleading. Um, So after that, I went back home to Maryland. I'm originally from Maryland. I don't know if I said that before. But uh, so I tried off for the Ravens and I made it all the way to the final round and my whole entire family, huge Ravens fans, everyone was super excited for me to be trying out and possibly making the team. And I got cut. Final round, got cut. And I was like, great, <laughs> what am I gonna do now? So my friend was like, why don't you just like look around, see what other teams are out there, see what other teams are like and just see what else is out there. Cause I was already ready to go. So I was scrolling around on the internet and I came across the San Diego Charger girls and uh, I was looking into everything. One, their uniforms were super cute. So I was like, check, love that. Their mm-hmm. dance style was exactly what I wanted. Check, loved that. And then watching like all the videos that they had online, I was like, oh, this seems like a team that I would really like. So me coming from the East Coast in Maryland, my I said to my parents, hey, I want to go trial for the San Diego Chargers. And they were like, all right, sure, go for it. So I packed a little suitcase with like all of my dance stuff, flew across the country, tried out for the Chargers and ended up making it on my first try. So then I didn't even think, okay, well now you have to move your whole life across the country, find a place (laughs) to live and figure all that out. (laughs) So after I did that, I, it was honestly, it all just worked out really nicely because I ended up getting my master's out there too. So it was just, everything just kind of fell into place how weirdly life happens like that. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I know. It's so insane. But I did, uh, I was on the last San Diego Charger Girls. I was on the first LA Charger Girls. And I did LA Chargers for two years after that. And it was great. Wow. So how many years total? I did three years with the Chargers. Okay. Yeah. That is so cool. Isn't it funny how I feel like so many pro cheerleaders have a similar story as like, Mm I didn't know what I was going to do. I just packed my things and I just went for it. I feel like it, it, yeah, just all in. Cause I did the same thing when I moved to Florida. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to, whoops, I want to make this team. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I feel like it's such a common 
like drive I feel like that we have. Yeah. But okay, I want to go back to your college. Like what? You literally like created <laughs> an NCAA dance team. That's the coolest thing ever. How did like how many people were on it whenever you started? Like that first basketball game mm -hmm. that you danced at. How many of you were there? Okay, so we like held tryouts as a club and I want to say there was like maybe 13 of us. Okay. And uh, yeah. Number? Yeah, it was a good amount of girls that like came to audition and uh, we were like, "All right, let's just see how it goes. We literally had t-shirts on like tank tops <laughs> with like uh, Chanticleer girls on it or something like that. Cause Coastal's mascot was the Chanticleers and we had t-shirts and black jazz pants and that was our uniform. And we went out and performed every single halftime <laughs> and we oh danced on the sidelines and it was crazy. Like looking back to where we started and now it's still a program. It's still there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a like, you can say like I I would be like I started that like that was me. <laughs> I'm like go girls yes. yes. So when you like started that, did you have the dream of like building it to what it is, or were you just like I just want to dance and then it just kind of happened? Honestly, me and Kate were like we just want to dance. So as long as we can do that, we want to do that in any possibility. And what happened, like what ended up happening through all of it was life-changing. I mean, yeah. our team went to the NCAA tournament my junior and senior year, and we got to travel with the team and perform at halftime in like these big arenas. And it was just so cool. That is so cool. What a cool accomplishment. Oh my gosh. I, I can't keep this in any longer, but- I, I can see Julie with her. He's like, I got to talk. <laughs> I am- a Coastal Carolina alum. No, you're no, not. I didn't know I that. I couldn't keep it in any longer. Oh I was my like, gosh. You, when you brought when you brought that up, that was I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to catch up on that after uh, the, yes. the episode. Go shine to clear world. That's yeah, so crazy. Oh, so many people are connected. What do they say? You're like connected by every seven oh, people or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I feel like it's like two though. Really. <laughs> oh my gosh that is so cool so how what year in college was it that you started that um it was oh 2013 the okay. end of 2013 okay and then what year did you become a chargers girl um i was 2016 was my rookie year okay so it wasn't too long after that then yeah oh my gosh that's so cool that's amazing wow i'm like shook um, okay, so then whenever you whenever you became what? Because I don't really know much about Chargers girls. I actually have a friend that was a Chargers girl. I'm I think it was I think it would have been her name is Brittany. Okay. Do you they know a Brittany on the team? Brittany vote her short brown hair. Oh no, she wasn't oh. on the team. <laughs> um, shout out to Brittany. I'll have to send her this. Hey up. Brittany. <laughs> um no, I'm not familiar with that. Like what, I guess what like drew you to that team? What, what is like the vibe of the Charger girls? Yeah. Yeah. So when you were, when you were looking online, you said like, you like the way they danced, you like mm -hmm. their uniforms, like what? Yeah. Tell us I about know, those. I know their uniforms are so cute. <laughs> Honestly, so when you look at all other teams, they have like five or six different uniforms that they wear. The Charger girls have one uniform that they wear for every game. And that's why I loved it. Cause it was like so iconic. You knew what you were mm -hmm. wearing. I love we that. Had, just that one uniform and then like a military uniform and a Christmas uniform. And that was it. Yeah. But we only wore our like iconic uniform for everything. And I just loved that. And it was cute. 
So that helps. That's the one you're wearing. You like it. (laughs) Um, But uh, what I really liked was just watching the videos that I saw. Everybody seemed to be so close and get along really well. And then being on the team, everybody was really close and we all got along really well. So just having that atmosphere was amazing. And my director watching her, she was just like, I was like, wow, I want to beat her. Like she inspired me to want to like be on this team and just working with her for the three years that I did, she was just a huge inspiration to not just me, to everybody that was on the team. And she's always been, you know, an inspiration for even girls who have been on the team before and are like, Lisa, she's just amazing. So shout out to Lisa if you're watching. (laughs) That's awesome. That's huge. I feel like it's, that's so important having a good leader. I mean, in, Mm -hmm. in anything in like my role job in life, like everywhere, it's so important to have someone that you can like respect and look up to. Yeah. Which I'm so lucky that I had, you know, great mentors and great leaders in my life as well in dance and everything. Yeah. It's Um, really, it's a game changer. Yeah. What, what was the audition process like? So, um, there was two rounds of dance at first. So it was Mm -hmm. all in one day. And the first round they taught you like a couple of eight counts and you did that and the vets weren't there yet. So it was just all new girls coming in. So it was, you did your dance, you danced in groups of three and then- well, That's a small group, that's kind of scary. Very small and <laughs> very, very <laughs> So I thought it was normal because you know, with Ravens, we did the same thing, but- oh. So we did our groups of three and then you see the vets come in and you're like, oh, here are the vets. And you knew who they were because they all walked in together. They are all like so put together. And um, then we did round two. So they did cuts and then round two, the vets come in and they teach a little more. So then you have your full whole dance and then you only have like a little bit of time to kind of go over it before you perform in front of the judges. And you do it again in groups of three. And then you wait and it's like the longest time. I'm sure you know, Jenny, you just wait for forever. And then they finally tell you, okay, they come back out and they list off the numbers. And then whoever's number was called made it to the next round. So with chargers, we did the next round was interview rounds. So we did like a one-on-one interview and then a panel interview with like a wide variety of judges from all over San Diego or LA, wherever we were during the time. And that was really nerve wracking because you're sitting there and they're asking you all these questions and you're like, Oh, I want to like make a good impression. But what kind of questions did they ask you? Did they get like, go ahead. Intense. No, I was gonna say, did they get, cause I know whenever I try, cause I tried out for Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders Mm -hmm. and they were like super intense. And the questions they asked me in the interview were like insane. And I was just (laughs) like, I don't even know if, anyone knows these answers like we had to know everything about everything about the football team the organization i think one of the questions was how many minutes does it take to open up the the like whatever you call the ceiling like because it's a return sorry words are hard right now (laughs) just crazy questions like that so did like were they normal questions or did they get they were so normal honestly they asked like about you and your experiences and for the vets, they asked like, what will it be like for you to be a vet next year and stuff like that. So it wasn't anything crazy. So it was actually kind of relaxing. And then they would ask like random questions, like what's everyone's favorite book, you know, just to keep everything really fun and light, you know? 
Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Did you guys have to do like a football test for to test mm -hmm. football knowledge? Nope, we didn't have a football test, which was good. I mean, in the panel interview, they sometimes would ask a question like, who did we draft this year or something? So yeah. you kind of had to know what was going on. Obviously <laughs> on the field, you have to know what's going on. So they did throw a few of those in there. But after yeah. the interview round, we did our final round. And that was you did the dance again in groups of three. And then you did your solo. And you do that. And then they deliberate for forever. And then the team's announced. <laughs> yeah. So is there any sort of training camp or is it just that's the team right there? No, that's the team. So just like that's a week good. long experience. Yeah. Yeah. So like we have to wait right? for like, yeah, forever to figure out who made the team or not. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I feel like it's, that's really similar to my experience with every audition I've done. Mm -hmm. I feel like a, the actual process itself is pretty right. similar across the board. It's just maybe what they're looking for in each of the girls is different or like right. kind of finding your niche on the team or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, honestly, when I was trying out, they had another Shelby on the team already who was blonde and looked like me. And I was like, okay, so do they want two Shelbys? I don't know, but they ended up taking two Shelbys. So yeah. <laughs> you just Isn't never know. Funny? I, I feel like we've talked about this on every single episode, how all of us do that. We like get in our head and auditions mm -hmm. and we're like, oh my gosh, that girl looks like me. She's my height. She like all the things she has blonde hair and we're always like doubt ourselves. Yeah. But then it's like, you still make it and it, and you, and they, you prove that they can take both of you. I feel Honestly, like that's all you have to do is just go out there and be yourself. And if they love who you're being, then they're going to put you on the team. And if you just don't fit in that moment, then you don't fit. Yeah, we had a we had a question submitted from smelling like a rose and it was an audition question and kind of what you were just saying about being yourself. Uh -huh. She was just asking about overcoming audition anxiety and how you two might approach or did approach that when you were auditioning. Yeah, Jenny, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Um, you can go first. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like uh, at first, when I first was getting there, I was so nervous because you're looking around, like you were saying, Jenny, and you're looking at everybody and you're like, okay, you're kind of comparing yourself to each other. And then I had to sit there and be like, you know what, Shelby, you flew across the country <laughs> for this team. Just go out there and do what you love to do. So I kind of had to give myself a mental pep talk of, you know that you can dance, just smile, be yourself, be present and enjoy the experience. And looking back on every year that I auditioned, I am so glad that I just enjoyed myself because that is what got me to each round is that I wasn't sitting there like anxious and overwhelmed with everything that's going on and overanalyzing everything that I did. I just enjoyed the experience because not many people get to do that. And the fact that not many people get to do that is really cool in and of itself. So I feel like overcoming the anxiety, I just had to give myself a mental pep talk, kind of take a few deep breaths and just do what I loved. Yeah, for sure. I feel like very similar for me. I, mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like, I wish, I wish I knew then what I know now. And I would right. just be like, it is so ridiculous how anxious you are right now and how nervous you are right now. Like you said, just go out there, have fun, do your thing. But it just, and I, I regret that because I feel like mm -hmm. so many of my auditions that I did I like took away a lot of that joy. And I mean, I still yeah. have fun. I still have great experiences looking back, but there are certain times that I remember 
I was just, you know, I saw girls and they were like having fun and making friends. And I'm over here like crippling with anxiety because I just like can't handle it. But yeah, I think just like taking, like removing yourself from the situation and thinking mm -hmm. of it as a big pic, like big picture here. Like, yes, it's like being an pro cheerleader is amazing. It's such a great opportunity, but like compared to the rest of your life, it's right. part of your life. It's not who you are. It isn't your life. It's part right. of your life. It's part of what makes you who you are. And I think for me, that was like it, you know, like 10 years down the road, am I going to look back like and be like, my world ended because of this situation. Like, mm -hmm. no. So I think that for me, it was just, you know, like you said, not almost not taking yourself too seriously. Right. Do you, do you two ever, or did you ever, when you're looking at, you know, the, the team that was auditioning you, did you ever try to look at them as I'll just say it, in a silly way as humans, like I know we can put these people on these extreme mm -hmm. pedestals, like they're gods when really they're, you know, about to go home to trash. They got to take out or dishes they have to wash and they're just normal people, but you're so tense and so much wanting them to accept you that, you know, you make them out to more than, than who they are. D did that ever help you? Did you ever try you know, talking yourself down from that mantra? Yeah, I feel like I almost pretended like they weren't there. So when I did this thing where I looked over the top of the head of the judges, so it like it looked like I was looking at them, but I wasn't actually looking at them. So it felt like I was just dancing by myself and doing what I loved. So if I kind of just blurred them out, it was just me in that moment enjoying what I love to do instead of looking at every single judge in the eye and being like, oh my gosh, sir, you're staring at me right now and they're judging everything that I'm doing and that's crazy. So I just kind of ignored them and just pretended that I was dancing by myself. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you brought up, Joe, because I feel like in the moment I did exactly what you're saying. Like I didn't look at them as humans. I was like, they, it, it was just so scary. And I, and I looked at them as, like you said, almost like a God. But <laughs> once I made the team and then became like, they were my coach and they were my director. I was, it, it changed everything for me. Cause I'm like, these are, these are people, this is a human being. Like you have, there's so much more to their lives than us. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like, you think that their world revolves around that. But that, once again, that's just a part of who they are. And I think, it wasn't until I was on the team and I was a Dolphins cheerleader that I was like, oh my gosh, my coach, my director, like, they're, just, they're normal people. They're humans. Just like, yeah. me. like why, why did they, I let them like scare me so much or be so nervous in front of them. And once again, like if I knew then what I know now, everything would be different. But yeah, that's a really good point that you brought up. And I would encourage everyone else to have that mindset that, you know, they are human beings. They're not mm -hmm. these like, robot people <laughs> should we segue into since we're talking about mindset segue into like uh you talking about pineapple project and and just what you do uh on your side of the things uh shelby yeah sure um so a little backstory while i was on the team i got my master's in psychology and i was in therapy doing therapy work for a while and I ended up myself because I was putting so much pressure on myself to do well in school and to do well as a charger girl and to do well in my job that uh, 
I ended up developing a gastrointestinal issue. And so it was hindering my own health from my own stress that I was placing upon myself. So I ended up taking some time from therapy. I stopped doing it and uh, kind of focused, like redirected where I was going with my life. And uh, it honestly wasn't until the pandemic hit when I was like, you know what? I have learned so much through my life. Why don't I, and what I've been going through, why don't I create my own company, helping people experience a new way of health. So how I came to that was since I had a background in psychology and like the mental side of things, I got my certification in health and wellness. So I could kind of have both, you know, pieces of the puzzle. And I really wanted to focus on how your mental health really affects everything that you're doing in your life. So, you know, when you're trying to make a team, for instance, if you're not in the right mental headspace, you aren't gonna give yourself the proper tools to be able to move forward in that direction. So the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, for my job. And I was like, what am I gonna do now? So I kind of made lemonade out of lemons and made my own business. And now I'm helping people realize that the mental side of the wellness puzzle, as I like to call it, is so important and people need to start focusing on it more and kind of normalizing it that it's mm -hmm. going to focus on your mental health and to make sure you're okay up here so that everything else functions properly. Yeah, I think that's so huge. And the fact that you said normalize it is, mm -hmm. especially this day and age, I feel like we live in a time that they're just the access that we have to like social media and just the way everything's grown yeah. and like the comparing your life to other people's lives. It's like, I feel like the stress and the anxieties that we face were not, I don't want to say they weren't there, but they weren't as like prevalent. I feel like, well, I mean, I can't really speak to people, you know, years ago, but I just, right. I could imagine that there's so much worse now just because of the time we live in. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so huge, like you said, to normalize that because for the longest time, I like, I would, I didn't even really know what anxiety was. Right. And it wasn't until I was old enough and like really like started researching that I'm like, oh my gosh, like what I'm feeling during these times, like that is anxiety. Like, right. and I, I don't, you know what I mean? And it's, but it's, I feel like normalizing it is so important because people try to hide it in hold it in. And, and like you said, not realizing how it affects every single area of your life. Yeah. That's it's honestly crazy how little knowledge people have about something as common as anxiety and stress. Like it, they go hand in hand and sometimes people can be feeling certain ways and not realize that they're feeling this way and then end up developing something more serious. And they're like, why did this happen? Well, it's because you were stressed or you were anxious and you didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. What would you, cause I know you said gastrointestinal. Was mm -hmm. that because of anxiety and stress? So I stressed myself out so much that I ended mm -hmm. up developing IBS and I had a stomach ulcer as well. So mm -hmm. I was in like debilitating pain because I was so stressed and I didn't realize that I was putting all this pressure upon myself to like be perfect in everything that I was doing that I ended up causing myself to harm, you know? Yeah. So it was, uh, it took me some time to work on my own management of stress and kind of figure out how to manage all of that to realize that, uh, okay, it was because of stress. That's what 
caused all of this, not because it just came out of the blue, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, With great. it being the pandemic, it's 2021, but it still feels like 2020. Right. <laughs> during, during all of this, while working with clients or just yourself, like mm -hmm. what have been some great takeaways or breakthroughs that you, you've experienced or maybe your clients have? Something that the listeners could take away from, you know, listening to this episode of yeah. something helpful, you know? Yeah. I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned myself and I've tried to help my clients learn is that self-care is so important. I feel like a lot of people try to do everything possible to accommodate everybody else, but then they neglect themselves and just taking, and like you said, with social media, having your phone in your hand all the time, you're always constantly connected to other things, taking that time away to kind of focus on, okay, how am I feeling in this moment? What do I need to do to help myself? I started journaling, which if nobody, if people are not journaling, you need to start because it's a game changer. I love it so much. I started journaling every single day. That's my self-care. Mm -hmm. There's so many different forms of self-care out there, but I just think journaling, you can just write down all your thoughts and get everything that's up here and put it in another space. Just have it somewhere else so you can feel more calm and at ease and like ready to start your day and go about your business. But I honestly think because, you know, we're all at home now for the most part and everything that's been going on, it's really important to take time to check in with yourself and see how am I feeling today and what can I do to help myself feel good? You know, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've taken away from this whole pandemic. Yeah, that's you. So w when you said journaling, so as mm -hmm. as a coach, I always say that like the most cliche things are the things that you should be doing the most and that there's a reason that they're cliche and, and it's because they work and that mm -hmm. it's, you know, <laughs> what you should uh, hang your hat on. So journaling, right? Yeah. Some, something that's so cliche and I'm saying that because I journal and mm -hmm. I uh, prescribe that to clients as well how can someone you know you everything takes practice you never just usually do something and you're just perfect including journaling and i feel like people give up on things like journaling or mm -hmm. meditation or working out whatever because they're not instantly good at it you know what kind of little tips on how can someone get going with practice journaling yeah so i always tell my clients to start with a question when you're journaling because sometimes people just pick up the book and they're like where like where do i start and it's hard to figure out where to begin so i always think come up with a question so you can even google like journaling prompts and there'll be like hundreds and hundreds of journaling prompts that you can find just you know on google to start with anything um, one thing I always like to tell my clients to start with is if you could write a letter to yourself five years ago, what would you say? You know, and it just kind of gets you thinking, okay, you can start with what letter would you write to yourself? You can write that letter and then the experiences you've learned from that. Mm. I feel like it, as long as you're trying and willing and open to trying something new, it'll come more naturally the more, more you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that five, the five year exercise because I see myself doing that. And then also like when I'm done saying like, 
okay, imagine yourself five years from now telling mm -hmm. yourself to chill the F out, to calm yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I never thought about it. Cause I'm like, I would tell myself five years ago to like calm down. And in five years, I'm probably going to say the same thing again. Right. Chill out. <laughs> I'm like living through it right now. I'm like, calm down, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. Yeah. We tend to make things so high stakes, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, there are worse critics, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about your coffee cup experience, because I was reading up on that with the Pineapple Project and how yeah. it was on a coffee cup, right? And that's where yeah. your thoughts sparked on creating the name? Yeah. So one of my friends who actually was a Charger Girl with me, she, for my birthday, gave me a coffee cup that had a pineapple on it. And it said, um, stand tall, wear a crown, or live life the pineapple way. Standing tall, wearing a crown, and being sweet inside. And that was like five years ago now that she gave that to me. And it's always stuck with me. I was like, oh, I love that. That's so cute. Yeah. And what a cute saying. So when I was trying to come up with an idea of a name, I thought, hmm, the pineapple project could be cool because then how I want people to feel leaving the program is that they can stand tall, feel like they're wearing a crown and that they're sweet inside with everything that they do. So that's kind of my saying through everything. And then I came up with the logo and everything just kind of tumbled out from there. But I just feel like whenever you see a pineapple, it can give you that remembrance of mm -hmm. standing tall, being sweet and wearing a crown. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all that's all I have, Jenny. <laughs> Joe's like, I'm out. <laughs> no, no, like you, you take you, uh, you all take it away, because I have, I have a a question for both of you. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it. you're you're in the like, it's your first. Let's say it's your first season. You, I think you both you you cheered Shelby for three years. You said right, three mm -hmm. seasons. All right, so Jenny, you as well, three seasons. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for everyone that's listening, that's like, I want to be a pro cheerleader. I want to be a pro cheerleader you know, over and over and over again. What does season, and, and we're talking about five years ago and then five years from now, like what does season one look like or did look like for you? And then what did season three look like? And how could you give some tips about, uh, making your pro cheer experience as, as much, as good as possible from the jump, you know, cause we, we learn as we go. So we haven't talked about this yet, Jenny, I don't think on any of our episodes. And that's just something I'm curious about is like how you evolved within that, those three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I can start this one for like, the obvious things for year one, you want to be prepared. You want to show up on time. You got to be responsible, all of those things that come with it. So like you have to be in the right mental state and mindset of like, this is a big commitment and I'm here and I'm going to prove myself. Um, but along with that, I think it's, you have to find like the balance between having fun and enjoying yourself, but also realizing that you're a rookie on a team. This is a big deal. You got to prove yourself. You got to work. You got to step up to the plate. And I think for me, it was like learning to turn it off. Like when I'm here, I'm here. When I go home, if I messed up at practice, if something went wrong, 
And that's kind of the way I operate in my day-to-day -day life in general. Like whenever I shut my laptop at 5 p.m., like I'm out. And so I think that it's good to have that balance of not dwelling on the things that you did negatively, but going like being able to shut it off. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to come back and I'm not going to think about what happened yesterday that was bad. I'm going to focus on the positive today. And um, I think that I, I wish I could have done a better job of that because I think that when you're and when you're a rookie on a team, it's like your whole world revolves around it because you're so excited mm -hmm. and it's just everything. But I think finding that balance um, and learning how to turn it off, but also being able to have fun, but still take it seriously. And then I think after the first year, you when you kind of get that rhythm, you you start to gain that confidence. And so you go into your second year. And you already kind of have your footing on the team. You know where you stand. You know kind of the position that you fill. And then you can like enhance that. It's like, you know, for me, I was never the technical one. I didn't have a technical background. So my, my, I was like the goofy one. Like my personality was like bigger than life. <laughs> but in, and I, what I brought, I figured out what I brought to the team and what they valued in me and what they loved about me. And I was like, that's, that's it. And luckily it was like exactly who I am. And it just was a matter of me being myself, but then going into your second year and your third year and however many years you do it, you can just kind of like live in that and know and have the confidence that that is what they want. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of carries you through. And then, I mean, I don't want to say it gets easier the more you're on the team, but it right. kind of does because you get the, you get the hang of it and you kind of like anything in life, you start a new job. The second year of your job is probably going to be a little bit easier than the first year, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like I just rambled on and gave like no, a what I, answer. No, but an answer. <laughs> no, what I took from it was that the, the footnotes on this was that because <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk for an hour, even, even though you're super nervous in that first year, or even though you have, you know, much to, to take in and learn, take the moment to breathe and like, enjoy it and to take mm -hmm. it all in and not to once again, put something on a pedestal that's just going to freeze you up and, and yeah. take it away. Mm -hmm. Shelby, how was your one season one to three, like, learning and just evolving as you went yeah i feel like it was pretty similar i my rookie year i did everything to be like the perfect charger girl i wanted to be there on time for everything i wanted to look the part act the part and i felt like i was so wrapped up in being perfect on the team that i didn't enjoy the ride so my first year i was just so I felt kind of uptight within myself. And I remember at the end of every year, we kind of can do a check-in with our coach to see how the year went. And I remember talking with her and she was like, you know, what I really want for you for next year, if you come back is to enjoy the experience. And it was so interesting to me because I thought I was enjoying the heck out of everything. It was just the most wonderful thing in the world to me. But looking back, I was so hard on myself with everything and she picked up on it. And it was crazy that somebody else who I admired was like, hey, Shelby, relax a little bit and have fun. So my second year, I went into it, like you were saying, you already have your foot in the door kind of, so you kind of are more relaxed. And I was like, okay, my goal for this year is to have fun and just be myself. And that's what I did for the rest of the time on the team. I was just so, I was like, all right, how can I be myself 
and still be professional. And I realized that you just go into it. You're just enjoying all the things that you're doing and it just kind of falls into place. So I feel like for everybody else out there, when you're trying to go and be on a team, like Jenny said, be you and just enjoy everything that's happening. Like soak it all in because it goes by so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you look back and you're like, wow, those three years went by so fast. And uh, did I enjoy all of it? Yes. Was I in the moment for all of it for the most part, but you know, it just goes by so quickly. So just take in every single second that you're on the team, on the field with your friends, doing those cool experiences at the game day, everything that you're doing is life-changing and to just take in the moment each time you're doing something instead of trying to be perfect or trying to do that perfect double turn or making sure that you're standing up straight and tall and presenting yourself properly. It's just, that's all great. But at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then why are you doing it? You know? Yeah. That's so true. I always like the best advice I always give is I'm like, you have to be yourself. And the, if like the looking back, if I had to change who I was and like pretend to be this perfect person for a team to accept me, what I wouldn't have enjoyed myself. Like I wouldn't right. have, I wouldn't have had the experience I had. So it's almost like, I don't know. I'm very happy. You know, every no was for a reason and yeah. the yes came in my life when it did for a reason. And I'm, confident that I had the best experience possible. And I think that if everyone has that mindset, then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll find the team that's meant for you or whatever, okay. it, whatever's meant for you. Yeah. I'm a big advocate for everything happens for a reason. And okay. you have to go through those no's to finally find the yes. If you don't mm -hmm. struggle and kind of learn throughout the process, then, you know, you're not growing. So I feel like all of those no's were helping you grow and learn to finally have that one yes that just changed everything. Exactly. And they prepare you too. Oh. So that when you do get the yes, you're like, oh, if I hadn't got those no's, I wouldn't be ready for this right now. Exactly. But like, thanks, so thanks to all those no's, I'm ready. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so weird how life happens like that. And you look back like, hmm, wow, I wonder what would have happened differently if I got that yes in the beginning instead of the no. Right? Isn't it crazy to think about that? I think about stuff like that all the time. But yeah, it's insane. So, qu another question: What was the main difference between, or was there much of a difference between when you tried out for the Ravens versus mm -hmm. when you tried for Charger Girls? Was was it like a better experience? Was it the same? I know we're on a podcast, so you know, don't want to get too negative, but like <laughs> comparing. <laughs> <to> like <laughs> um, I feel like. It like the actual audition process was pretty similar. The Ravens was longer. They, um, from when you did the first and second round, that was all in one day. The charges was the same. But when you go to for the interview, it was like a week or two later. And then the finals was like three weeks after that. So it was just a very drawn out process, mm -hmm. I feel like. And with Chargers, it was all within one week. And you started the week and you ended the week and you knew if you were on the team or not, which – I liked because yeah. I didn't, wasn't anxiously waiting to find out, <laughs> you know, what would happen. But I also feel like with Chargers, I felt more comfortable and relaxed. And I don't know if it was because I had already gone through Ravens, like trying out for everything. And so Chargers, I was like, okay, I've done this already, you know, just kind of going to yeah. go with it. But I think that's probably what it is because 
your first time trying out for a professional team, you're just sitting there overanalyzing everything, comparing yourself yeah. to everybody and just like sitting in the corner by yourself. And then the second time you're like, okay, maybe I can make friends this time and go and talk to the girl next to you. And I feel yeah. like that, that was the main difference for me. It wasn't the actual team itself was me going into it yeah. with mindsets. That's true. I'm, I'm always just curious. Cause I'm like, I wonder if there's a, like, I feel like all the auditions are pretty similar though. Yeah. Um, I have another like <laughs> random question that I thought of earlier. Is there anything that you, that like, cause I'm, I'm thinking of people watching the podcast that are auditioning that are going to want to hear things like anything that no one like warned you about, or that shocked you that once you made the team, you were, it, it was kind of surprising and you were like, Oh, I wish someone would have told me this or does that make sense? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think it, so to be honest with you, when you make a team and you're, you love dancing or cheerleading or whatever your background was that made you to this point, whatever you're doing in the future, you're just excited about anyways. So yeah. just being excited about things, but also I didn't realize how time consuming everything was. Um, like this is like a full-time job and what you're doing, you're practicing all the time. And when you're not practicing, you're still practicing because you want to make sure you're doing the dances, right? Um, and you're doing promotional events and you're always constantly going. I feel one thing I didn't know that it wasn't something that I wish I knew because I should have known that this is going to be time consuming. But one thing I didn't know was that how time consuming everything was. And it just takes up your whole life <laughs> Yeah, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. No, that's so true. I feel like same, same for me, but also I, well, I guess you, you too, it's hot in California. The one thing for me was that <laughs> I wish someone would have warned me about game day because in South Florida, four hours in September when it's like 110 degrees on the field, <laughs> that was the biggest shock for me. The first game day that we had, I think there was like three girls that passed out. It was crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. But I remember. <laughs> I mean, on the West Coast, our games are earlier because oh, you have to watch them on the East Coast. So we're dancing in like the heat of the day and you're outside sweating. And I I think one thing that I wish I knew was to wear sunscreen. Because I remember <laughs> oh, the first game, I got burnt so bad on my chest, on my face. And I was like, why didn't I wear sunscreen? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I feel like the majority of the things that I wish I would have known it almost like made for a good story that I didn't oh, yeah. know. And the fact that I got to experience it authentically and I didn't know, it's like, I don't know. It almost made it better in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Always good well, to have I, a story to tell. Yeah. I think that's, I think we covered a lot of bases there. What do you think, Jenny? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, the <laughs> last question I was going to ask, well, I guess, okay. So you gave, a lot of like advice that you would give to girls or anyone that wants to audition. Mm -hmm. What's, what's the best advice that you've ever been given from somebody else? Not necessarily cheer related, but just right. in general, is there any advice that someone else said that has really stuck with you? Oh yeah. Um, I'm a big person where I like to plan everything that's happening in my life. And I was told to live in the moment and Ever since then, I was whenever I find myself getting anxious or like thinking of the future and what's going to happen, I'm like, you know what, Shelby, you need to live in the moment and enjoy what's happening here and now. Because 
when you think about things that happened in the past, you get stressed out. When you think about things that are happening in the future, you get anxious. So instead of stressing mm-hmm. yourself out or making yourself anxious, just live in the here and now and be present because this time tomorrow is going to be gone. So you need to just live in the here and now and just enjoy what you're doing. And I feel like, it, I don't even remember who told me that. I want to say it was one of my friends, but uh, thank you to that friend because yeah. that's... <laughs> what I tell myself every day and what I even tell my clients is to live in the here and now because you know, you never know what's going to happen next. Yep. No, I love that. That's a quote that has always stuck with me. Very similar is be where your feet are. Mm -hmm. And I, that I go, I go back to that all the time and I'm like, I'm here right now. I can't do anything else. So live in the moment. Love that. Good one. (laughs) All right, Shelby. Thanks so much for being on bill for the palms podcast. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks. It was great chatting with you. (laughs) You guys too. So much fun. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, Jenny, there we go. Episode five with Shelby. Everyone that was watching on YouTube, um, Shelby's uh, handle, I'll I'll pull it up there again. You can follow her on the gram, um, the Insta. And uh, if you're listening on a podcast platform, you can check that out in the description of this episode. Um, episode six, wonder who it's going to be. Ooh, I actually have someone really good lined up for episodes. All right. And every time you intro, you're like, I'm excited for our guests. And you're like, I always <laughs> say that. Well, it's true. We're always excited for our guests. I need always. to come up with a better, like, no, no, no. I think it's great. <laughs> okay. Well, next week and next episode, I'm going to say, I'm so excited for this guest. <laughs> yeah. It's authentically you. That's what yes. it's all about. Right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, Jenny. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> All right, everyone. Once again, that was uh, Shelby Brooke, Jenny Smith. I'm Joe Roscoe. Thanks so much for listening to BFTP podcast, Built for the Palms. You can check us out on builtforthepalms.com or you can click the link in the description of this episode. And yeah, we'll see you when we see you. Later. <laughs>